feeling all right everybody welcome into episode number 42 of tailgates and heartbreaks presented by section 513 i'm your host geezer alongside me as always co-host donnie producer tito and while this is going to be a a fun podcast because boy are the reds hot we had to take a a brief moment of silence for the passing of our the fourth member of our crew Tucker well, Bernhardt. Instead of silence, I'm just gonna bitch. Like he didn't even last an episode. <laughs> so I'm pretty pissed. No, but it is sad. Uh he was a cute bird. He was a good bird. And um yeah, we, we're just living through him now. And uh the Reds are sure off to a good start. I mean, the second he dies, they become the best team in baseball. So I don't know. Should the Reds we, are the Reds are two and L. Yeah. Should we designate June fifteenth is International Ceiling Fan Awareness Month or day. <laughs> I feel like we can, yeah. Yeah. All I right, mean, I'm marking it in the calendar. I mean, they're dangerous. I mean, a bird's worst enemy. They've always said is a ceiling fan. Um, so you hear that? You hear that all too often. Yeah, I, I yeah. I, someone was just saying at the gas station the other day. I said, yeah. Oh, by the way, yeah. I just had a bird uh, do that and die. So. Just crazy out here. That was quite literally the hardest. That text I got at work. That was tough. Or was oh, that work? Well, no, no, I might have been. I might have been at softball. But regardless, he, he. Well, I left him outside because a lot of like we have a pond in the back and like it's bird central and um. So I was like, well, he can go sit with his friends and. Um, yeah, I came out, and <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if his friend's killing him, or, uh, yeah, he was just dead, so, but, you know, he was able to die in, uh, in comfort, hopefully in the Pop-Tart house, and, um, be surrounded by his loved ones, his fellow birds, I think it was probably best, so. Not a day goes by that we won't miss him and cherish his, the time that we spent with him. His brief yeah. on-air time of, like, two seconds. Yeah, and if the Reds, you know, start to cool off again, I'll just take in another bird. Um, Throw him right into the ceiling fan. <laughs> yeah. I hope, uh, what's that, what's the place, uh, that animal cruelty, or the pl- the people that sprayed fake blood on Big Cat? PETA? PETA, PETA. yeah, PETA is going to be all over us, but yeah, I'm just going to be getting a bag full of birds and just throwing them in the fan (laughs) wait whatever works i mean baseball is a very uh has a lot of rituals so you know yeah so with so now that we have remembered our our fallen comrade tucker birdhart let's get into the rest so the last time we recorded was tuesday and we said that we were going to get on a better schedule of tuesday and thursday especially if the reds are doing well and well the reds continue to win ball games and boy i'm gonna do it i'm already scoreboard watching and it is june 17th that's a problem that is very early to get my to get my heart in <laughs> just the anxiety of just having to sit there and sweat out not only your team's games but the other teams around you especially in, the, in a crowded nl central which we'll talk about later on but like I've never wanted to win so bad on uh on Wednesday, and we haven't even hit the All Star break yet. Yeah, I mean, isn't this what we wanted though? Like this is awesome. This is so much fun. I'm enjoying it so much. Um, just giving a shit, you know, like you said, not only about the Reds because they're awesome right now, but it just keeps you interested in the rest of MLB. And um, when the Reds aren't good. It's not usually this early, but I definitely fall off by the end of the year. And it definitely makes the summer. Out. It definitely like gives you more to do in the summer. Like yes. going to a Reds game in the summer is a little bit more exciting. There's a little bit more intrigue. There's a little bit more excitement at the ballpark. You can go out with your friends on a Tuesday night and be like, "Hey, you want to go watch the Reds game at this bar or whatever?" And just kind of shoot the shit. Whereas, in, well, I don't you know, have any past co- If I had friends, that would be great. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Yes, but so it's yeah, it's just nice to see them playing well and um, 
because like we've said, this is a fan base that will latch on to a winner in a heartbeat, you know? Yeah. And they've yeah. latched on to this team. And it's it's funny, the the complete 180 from a couple weeks ago to where we are now. You know, like a, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we were like, like, what the fuck is this team doing? What are we going to do? <laughs> like, what just what is this summer going to be like? Cause we didn't know, like, are we just going to sit here and play middling 500 baseball all summer? And as in Tito's favorite saying a root canal of a summer, like that's where it was going. And they won, they turned around 13 of 16. They've won six straight. They have, um, closed the gap, uh, in the NL central, uh, to their only two games back of the first place brewers and cubs. So, you know, in, in the central is just going to, it's going to be like this all summer. I think, I think some teams are, I think we'll talk about it. Like I said, in a little bit, but, um, an interesting stat, uh, so sent going back to September 13th of last year, the Reds are 25 and 13 against the central and they are 19 and 12 against the NL central this year. It's crucial. And they kind of built, I feel like, and this was, viewed as a mistake by a lot of people in the offseason well they the front office thought this team was going to be good enough to compete in this division and honestly you should be building your team to win it all yeah but the reds felt like they they weren't i mean the cardinals were the favorites the cubs i don't think we're scared of anymore um the pirates are the pirates the brewers are the brewers the brewers are very good but um they don't jump out and wow you. No one really does in the Central. So the Reds thought they had a chance at, at winning it, and that's they proved it. They really have. Um, and those are the games you want to win, obviously, because it's against your rivals and the teams you play most often. And, man, I tell you what, that, that series against the Brewers, it just – the well, last two games in particular, it just felt like kind of playoffy, you know? It, it was intense. It was intense baseball, and I loved it. Yeah, and another thing, too, is you look at um, – it's it's a very depressing stat, but it's if, if you take away the record against the D-backs and the Giants, yeah, the Reds are, would be 33. They're 33-20. and 20. For some reason, a D-backs team that quite literally is the worst team in baseball. They uh, are horrible. Right and, now. and now the Giants are good. You know, like the yeah. Giants are not a bad team, but – that's, that's 11 losses. The Giants like that, are good. Like, let's yes. not, like, they're a good team. They're leading their division that includes the Dodgers and the Padres. They're a good team. I, I mean, the can we talk about, while we're on the, the Diamondbacks, they've lost how many straight? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. They, have won, they haven't won a road a game. They haven't they won a road won. game since Moses wore short pants. It's insane. Yeah, they are quite. They got killed last night in San Francisco. I think they were down like thirteen to two at one point. They are a mess, and I feel because they looked like oh, the Diamondbacks might surprise some people. Uh, absolutely not. They're horrible. Uh, no, yeah, I just they, cannot believe it. Like, how did we get swept by them? I just don't believe it. I mean, baseball is so weird. Yeah, baseball is. Baseball is really weird, and you know, right now, baseball is not very weird for the folks in Cincinnati, Ohio, and all throughout Good. the rest, rest country. Transition. Yeah. So we'll do a quick little recap of the the Wednesday uh, Wednesday Thursday games. Um, so Wednesday, what was the final score on Wednesday? Uh, two, to, two to one. Yeah. Two straight? Oof. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so uh, Wednesday was the um, Wednesday was the extra innings game. Or no, Tuesday was. Sorry. Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday was the extra innings game, which I think the Reds have now the best record in extra innings this year. Eight and two. Yes, they do. Maybe we Eight should just get two. to extras. Literally. Um, Literally. And then uh, yesterday... Um, I mean, Tyler Malley, just a gamer, a unreal performance. And it was it was shaping up to kind of be 
it felt like in the beginning it was going to be a bullpen game because he had kind of a high pitch count in the first three innings. He looked like he didn't really have that control. But the thing with Tyler Malley is, is he seemingly gets better as the game goes on. Um, he went six innings, gave up one run, 12 Ks, and uh, walked two batters. And him turning into probably the, the most consistent pitcher in the rotation, and he's probably been our best, he's definitely been our best pitcher all year. But considering he is technically the number three guy in the rotation, that's huge. Because it, and it seems like it's in, Tito kind of mentioned it in his blog. Um, kind of going into the pitching matchups uh, in the Padres series, um, Louie kind of seems like he's kind of starting to turn a corner. You don't want to put too much into it yet because there still is that, like, he still struggles a bit in the first inning, but he's seemingly, he's starting to turn the corner a bit, in my opinion. And that Brewer start kind of showed it. If he kind of keeps going down this path, we're obviously still waiting on Sonny to return, but everything seems like he's fine. They're just kind of, you know, he's missing two starts, and they're going to go from there. Um, that one, two, three of Louis, Sonny, and, and Mally is, is going to be tough. And you follow that up with, you know, Wade Miley, who gets the ball tonight against the Padres. Um, Wiley Miley, baby, don't sleep on him. He's been unreal this year. He's, I have my doubts about him going into the year, but, you know, he's been a solid back end of the rotation guy. I mean, he's six and four with a 2.92 ERA. But if um, you take away that start against the Rockies in Colorado, where he yeah. gave up like eight runs, his ERA is under two. I mean, it's, he's killing it. He's been, has been so much better than we thought. And it's him and Mallory are the best stories on the team. I mean, pitching wise, obviously Winker and Castellanos, but these two guys just, I mean, that's like a law firm, isn't it? Mally and Miley, uh, they're both lights out, and they both get better as the game. You said it, as the game goes on, they just keep cranking it up, cranking it up. I thought Malley could have, David Bell could have brought him out for one or two more batters. I know he was at like one of four uh, pitches, but his he retired like twelve straight, and he was just lights out. I was like, man, I really don't want to take this guy off the mound right now in a tie game. Luckily, they were able to score the bottom, yeah, the top half of the next inning, so you could go to the bullpen for the final nine outs, but. Man. Which, which is was quite honestly the funniest. Like watching Joey Votto run is so funny because he's so slow, and he just <laughs> yeah. looks slow. He in that like play, slow motion. Yeah, in like his running motion is kind of funny, but yeah. in, in the moment, I honestly thought he didn't touch home. It like he didn't look like he like it looked like the glove kind of stopped him from that momentum taking him all the way through home. Um, but he he ended up scoring. But seeing him, you know, come up, oh my god, all gassed up. Me up. He was. I mean, I was up. I was pounding the table at Skyline. I mean, I was just I was pumped. And yeah, you know that like he said it. He's kind of mentioned. He said seeing all these other guys play with emotion. You know, it it just kind of they say hitting's contagious. Well, like I mean that emotion, like that passion yes. you see, that's contagious too. And um, so. Shout out to Tucker for an honor and of he, and, and Tucker was kind of struggling. I know the Reds have been really good, but last couple of games, Tucker hasn't been um, that good. And he actually got a couple of days off. Um, you know, Brewers threw a couple lefties, and he comes in and gets that hit. Huge for him. And you said it. It's Hitting's contagious, and so is the emotion to the rest of the lineup and then the fan base. You see how – pumped up the fan base was when that happened mm-hmm. i loved it it was the most excited the fans have been all year even more excited than the way we started i mean that was awesome so yeah. fun and Brad brock came in in relief for mally and went um he won an inning um he looked solid i'll tell you what sean doolittle coming in the eighth was borderline Pitching for his job borderline heart attack I st- my heart rate skyrocketed when I saw him on the mound. I was like, God damn it! And yeah. I don't know how he did it, but he left a a meatball 94 miles an hour right down the plate to Yelich, and Yelich just I don't it, I don't know if he swung. I don't know. If, 
it moved a little bit and Yelich swung right through it. But uh, there was like a tad bit of movement on it, but it was still a meatball. And I mean, that's all he throws. He's a he's a he should work with me at La Rosa's. He's just dishing out meatballs. Yeah, he is. Oh, man. I mean, I gotta... I do you guys? I thought they should have went to A.G. there. Um, yeah. The way he's. But I don't know. You want to see, like, what can you do, do little? Can you do anything? What do you do here? It's like the uh, office space. What do you do here? I got to take. Oh, go go ahead. ahead. No, no. Um, Do we think that maybe the Reds bullpen was just made up of guys that didn't use spider tack and now like their (laughs) shit looks comparable to everyone else's? Yeah. So like maybe everyone's just getting used to seeing pitchers not using spider tack. And now the Reds look average compared to everybody else. David Bell saw this coming. And no, I was actually thinking about writing an article on that because that is interesting, Tito. I don't know if it's true or not, but it is very interesting. Um, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure there were a couple of guys in that bullpen that might have been using some sort of substance, whether it was spider tag or not. There's 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 one person on in the bullpen that like literally does no. He's not trying to hide it at all. And like watching Heath Hembry throw, he is two fingers every time, wipes it, goes right back up to the cap, like every time. And I know it's a very common if, thing for pitchers to do, but like I like when this when this whole thing kind of started coming out, I in and, and it's and it's weird, but like I have like paid attention to like just how, what pitchers do after you know they get the ball back from the catcher. I've never once seen Lucas Sims like touch anything rub anything whatever i've never i haven't seen anton do anything and he was kind of one of those guys that like i was like dude anton just out of nowhere just started getting all this wicked shit like you wonder if he's using something potentially but it doesn't seem like they are if guys are if guys are licking their fingers that's usually the telltale sign that they're not like if right because they're trying to get moisture yeah so well, if there was one guy in the bullpen, the Reds bullpen that wasn't using it, it, it would be Sean Doolittle. Did you see yeah. the pregame photo where he was like catching butterflies? Like he's everyone's like gearing up and he's out in the outfield like catching butterflies and he's an interesting dude. But he um yeah, there's not much movement on his pitches uh at all. And that's a problem when he, he throws only he's a fastball pitcher. And his fastball is not that good. It's what, 92, 93 on a good day? So I think, I think I've seen it. The, I've seen it to top out at 94. 95. Yeah. yeah. I've okay. seen him top out at 94. Okay. And yeah, he's. It's tough. He's interesting. Yeah. But I think that in any other bullpen, Sean Doodalittle would be on a bus right now. But we literally can't afford it, especially with Anton out. We need him, and I guess David. I kind of, I don't agree with it. I think that he should have sent AG out there. Granted, AG could have went out there and did the same thing. We could be saying, you know, r- roles reversed here. But um, yeah, it's like, what can you do? Yeah, like, and can you do anything? Yeah, <laughs> and you know, I'll say this: like, as much as we've kind of shit on the bullpen, like the bullpen in this little stretch run has been tip your cap to him. Yeah, has been excuse me, has been solid. Yes. So, I mean, you just don't know how long it's going to hold up. And to kind of look at, so where we stand right now, the, so the Brewers and Cubs are in a tie for first. They're both 38 and 30. The Reds are in third. They are 35 and 31. They're two games back. Cards have kind of won a couple uh, straight. They're 35 and 33. They're three games back, and the Pirates are 23 and 44. They're 14 and a half back, and we don't really have to worry about the Pirates. But I think the interesting thing about this whole entire division is is you see how close it is. You know, between these four teams, it's going to be – I think it's going to be this close all year. And I'm not – like, if you look at runs scored, runs allowed, and run differential, the only team in the division that has a positive run differential is the Cubs. Um, they've scored 307 runs, but they've only given up 271. And part of that's been because they've been so good in the back end of their bullpen. Craig Kimbrell has been a stud this year. Um, 
they've had solid starting pitching from a ragtag group of, of pitchers. They're um, overperforming. Start, absolutely yeah, over-performing. and I feel like they're going to kind of start kind of coming back down. Um, the Brewers, as, as, you know, as hot as they've been, they just they don't score runs. They've, they have the second yeah. worst, you know, runs. I mean, they have 200. They've scored 269, given up 269. Their lineup's like, not good. Like they're they're struggling to produce runs and produce run support. Now they have had really good starting pitching, and yeah. obviously you have Devin Williams and Josh Hader to lock down the eighth and the ninth, which is why which which is what makes the Reds so interesting is because they have clearly I think been the best offense in the division. They've scored 333 runs, but they've allowed 333, and they've quite literally had probably the worst bullpen or bottom five type of production from their bullpen all year. And it's been what's killing them. And now you're kind of starting to see if this bullpen can just be, you know, we talk about it. um, We talk about it with, you know, the Bengals a little bit in, in their offensive line, just be average. Like we we just don't suck. Just be average. Like that's all you want the Reds bullpen to be right now is just to be average. Yeah. Because you, you have this team that on any given night can score 10 plus. Like it's it's kind of crazy how quickly everything's kind of turned, you know. A couple years ago, they had the they had the hitting but didn't have the pitching. Then they went out and got the pitching, and they got the hitting, but the hitting wasn't there, but the pitching was. And now we're kind of back on the hitting is really there, and the pitching spotty. Yeah, I mean, you look at the teams that have like outscored them this year it's the Astros the Dodgers the Red Sox the White Sox and the Rays like all those teams are at the top or contending for their division and they're on all those divisions are pretty damn good so I don't know I mean it it yeah it's like you said we just need them to be average yeah I agree and and I think it's we're coming to the point where it's you point the finger at the front office and be like Okay, this bullpen, you have maybe a little bit something here, but can we get a couple, one, probably two more arms to solidify it going forward, and let's make a run at this thing? Because, I mean, you have to tip your cap, though. These guys have really, you know, like the Cubs have a ragtag group of starters that kind of pulled from – all over the, the league, you have the same thing with the Reds. Instead of the Reds, these guys have all been DFA'd and trying to prove themselves. They've, they've really been, for how bad they've been, they've really answered that call and, and have gotten better as the season has gone on. Yeah, and, you know, one of the – and we've, we've talked about it, you know, a lot, and – we're not the only ones that probably thought this. When TJ Anton went down, we were like, we're dead. You know, like this bullpen <laughs> yeah. is this. We are. It's the, my, it's the office scene. It is over. We are screwed. We are screwed. Like, that's yes. literally what I felt like. I was like, there's no way this team can can stay afloat for for potentially 10 days, maybe more, depending on what he might need to do when he comes back from his stint on the IL with what they've been doing so far. And. Credit to them. Not only has the offense stepped up and just decided to score 10-plus runs four times or three times, um, but the bullpen stepped up. And and who knows, maybe Anton going down has kind of forced some of these guys who have struggled to really step it up. And, I, I mean, it's kind of a cliche, but, you know, it's nice to see at least some sort of improvement. Stella's fired Is up. Is she trying to eat you? What's going on? No, she's probably growling at absolutely nothing. You forgot to feed her, I think. Nah, there's food over there. Whatever it was, it kind of woke her up from a nap, so she's probably pissed. But there's literally nothing. Probably no. your voice. Yeah, it very well could be. <laughs> that is true. So, I mean, yeah, it's been fun. 13 of 16, winning 13 of 16 baseball games makes for a fun little two-week stretch, two-and-a-half-week stretch. So, um, now we got the Padres, who are kind of not reeling, not reeling, but they're not 
playing their best baseball. So, yeah, they've had an up and down. Are we? Ju- yeah. So I'm looking at they just got swept by the Rockies. Um, the Reds obviously made the Rockies look like fools, but Rockies returned home and swept the Padres. Padres also they've lost their last what? They're three two series. Or- yeah, they're two and eight in their last ten games. Yeah, they they lost to the Cubs two out of three. They lost to the Mets two out of three and got swept by the Rockies. Um, and they've kind of had a roller coaster season. Their best record at at point in the season was thirty four and nineteen. Uh, since then, not very good. They're thirty eight and thirty two right now. So, but they do have their opening day kind of thing going on this weekend. Yeah. So you got to expect a, a big. You know, the Padres are popular team they're gonna have a nice uh crowd so the reds are gonna have that going against them and the padres they they have like they're kind of big four hitters and they've all been good this year it's a matter of you know how how their pitching is gonna do and tito wrote a, an excellent piece on previewing uh the pitching matchups so it's gonna be interesting to see um, kind of the Reds are so hot and the Padres are not going to be looking to bounce back. And I hope the Reds can, what are your guys' expectations? Like how, I, how, how will you leave San Diego feeling satisfied in this? I just, series? uh, I read a blog earlier today. It'll be coming out. It'll be out by the time this podcast is out. Um, but like, I think this is kind of a prove it series for the Reds. Like they got, they climbed the hill. Like we're there, we're in contention for the division. Now they're going to go through a stretch of games where they're playing a lot of teams that have winning records and the ones that don't are still like contenders in their divisions in Atlanta and Philly uh, and uh, the twins too. So, um, I mean, I don't know. I think this, this series is kind of going to set the table going for the next, uh, I think it's 10 games or something like that. Uh, to really see, like, all right, so we know that we're there in the division, but how do we stack up against everyone else? Like, this team needs to kind of take this opportunity to prove that if we get to the playoffs, it's not, like, a one-and-done scenario. And I think this is going to do a lot for, like, this Padres series is really important, too, because the, so the Cubs have one more game against the Mets tonight, and then they go and play the Marlins, and then the Brewers have a series against the Rockies. So, like, yeah. they're going to win games this weekend. So, it's going to be important for us to kind of keep our footing. I I would be satisfied with two and two. Three and one would be – that would really be a statement, I think. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, you know, I hate when they go out west. Like, the Reds and West Coast trips just never – regardless of what they are. This is just a four-game – series so they're not like you know staying out there or whatever but nobody wants to stay up yeah. late to watch a fucking 840 first pitch this is and we got 10 10 on friday or thursday friday yeah it's ridiculous. friday yeah i'm gonna yeah. be yeah i promise you that friday night game i'm gonna be by the fifth inning i'll be asleep probably um but so you know i think considering what they showed in milwaukee you know, I was kind of hoping for, you know, I wanted him to get above 500. And if they kind of like flirted, you know, in that area, no, no, um, it's a nine game road trip. You know, if you're like five and four, you know, I was like, all right, okay, fine, whatever. But now it's kind of like their performance in Milwaukee has definitely changed how I feel about what I would like them to do. I'm kind of with Tito, you know, two and two out in San Diego seems like, you know, all right, whatever, like that's fine. But you'd love if they went three and one, and you're catching and you're catching San Diego at a good time. They're not playing good baseball right now, so I think that you factor that in. You're 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 getting San Diego when they're not playing well, but you are playing well. So this is when you got to capitalize, and you're getting you're facing a guy tonight in Joe Musgrove, who they have faced plenty of times because he pitched for the Pirates, so you yep. know who he is. Um, Yes, the the opening the reopening day type thing that they got going on out there is probably going to play a factor. I, I think um, that's uh, that scares me about tonight a little bit. That this would be like the perfect storyline for them to kind of catapult back into being the Padres, exactly. But that's that's the only thing that that really terrifies me is considering how bad they're playing. You know, 
after that road trip to to New York and Colorado, they're like, all right, thank God we got a home, four games at home. Um, it's a team we don't see very often, so we want to, and they're playing good, so we want to, you know, show them who we are. And we got fans. It's going to be, it's kind of, I'm scared about that. <laughs> yeah, really I think, scared. you know, I think game one always sets the tone for the series. And I yeah. think when you look at the pitching matchups that Tito kind of highlighted in his blog, you got Miley and then you got the rookie pairing of Gutierrez and uh, Santion followed up by yeah. Louie. I think you really want Wade to set the tone because I don't, yes. you don't know how much of a road, you know, how much pitching on the road in a full capacity stadium out in San Diego is going to play a factor into maybe not Vlad. He doesn't really seem like anything bothers him. Hence the black widow tattoo in the middle of his neck. Yes. Um, yes. But Tony Santion, you, you just don't know, but you know, I would love for them to go three and one, and because I think when they go face Minnesota, I really think you know the Twins are, the Twins are struggling. And, they and then are you come, bad. And you come home and you play the Braves, and the Braves are really struggling. You know, they're yeah. five games under 500, and they just do not look like the same team that they were last year, or that yeah. they have been in previous years. You know, um, but they have that firepower in their offense and you, it can turn on a dime. But, you know, this is this is a big series because you want to keep building on this momentum. You don't want to be complacent. Um, um, I think I'm with Tito. I think I really want three and one. I think I'll settle for two and two. But if but if like they win only one of the four, then you're kind of like you're not. I'd be pissed, but I, I think the biggest thing about that, if they go, if that's what happens, is they didn't take advantage of the team that they're playing. You know, yes, and, the Padres are really good, but they are they're two and eight in the last ten. And we have to turn around and play this team again in five days or six days. So, it is it, that the, the the next weekend home series against them? Yeah, yeah, they come into Cincy, so we get we get the Braves for a four game series, and then we get a makeup game from the Phillies. From that rain out. The Braves series is also big trap series. I'm very nervous about that. They, I think this is this is a trap series too. Two, uh, but I, we know the Padres are good. Like the Braves right now are under 500, but the the matchup against the Red, like the Braves are going to put up runs, and that scares me because our bats ooh. have a tendency to go on these two game stretches where we just don't get run support, and that I don't know. That's looking ahead. But, but yeah. that also, when you look ahead, that also could be one. That could be one of those series where you might get a, you might get Moose back from the IL. Yep. You reinsert Sonny into the in the rotation by that point probably, and not only that, you probably would get TJ Anton back as well. So you know you're getting, you know, which let's, let's get through the rest of this road trip and let's get back home and let's see where let's see where we're at just with health no because i think i think we're gonna i think we're seeing the reds kind of turn the corner a bit i think they're really comfortable with the plate they have a really good approach they're gonna have those games where it is tough to get some runs but you know it was tough yeah we saw that in i mean they scored 10 the first game against milwaukee but the last two games man they couldn't do anything and luckily they were able to do just enough they had two really good pieces of hitting from naquin and tucker where they took uh, off-speed pitches out of out on the outer half of the plate and just shot him down the line. And, right. you know, that's you but take Sandy, that. We're going to have to score a lot more runs against the Padres to win. We're not going to be able to just go in there and score two or three runs and expect to win. That's what worries me about um, this series is if the bats are going through one of those periods where they're cooling off, and they they always tend to do that. They'll score like ten runs, and then they'll have like a week where they can't get over like four runs. So I'm worried that that's what's going to happen. And granted, we'll see. I mean, the Padres pitching isn't lights out per se, but um, I, I think the bats if the bats go cold this weekend, they, we could be in for a long California weekend. It's uh, I, I talked about this in the blog, but like it's kind of a perfect time for everything to come together. 
like we saw like the bats going back to the St. Louis series, our offense carried us through a sweep there. Uh, I mean, obviously the Brewer series was tough, but then like the Rocky series, it was again, the offense that pretty much put those games out of reach. And then you look at the Brewer series outside of uh, Monday, like, I don't know. I mean, we just couldn't find anything, but the pitching was spectacular. So we were able to grind out a win. So I, in, in, three of these games, I would really like to see kind of a clicking, at least three, I would like to see a clicking on all cylinders performance. I, yeah, I mean, that's what you would hope for. And, and like we said, you would love to get out of San Diego. um, You finish up with the twins and then get reinforcements back. You get Sonny back, you get Moose back. Have we heard anything about, why Moose Stock has had to leave Louisville and head back to Cincinnati. He had like, soreness. That whole okay. He had some soreness. Um, I think he got pulled in the middle of the game. Sorry, I had to take a piss. He did. Um, he, did. He, uh, he had some soreness, um, and apparently they were really curious as to why he still had soreness. Apparently he shouldn't be. So they sent him back to Cincy to get further evaluation. So. I like it. Play it safe. I'm glad it's not like, oh, you know, this is bad, at least a week. And they wouldn't come out and say that, but they would be like, um, I don't know what they'd say, honestly. The Reds' injury situation has been so weird. You think about the Knicks. Um, I don't know. I, Moose Stockis is another guy. It's like, come prove it to me that you can get through a month of a season without getting injured. Like, until I see it, I'm not going to believe it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so. All right. Yeah, so, I don't know. Big series. Big series, guys. So what do you think is more likely, us to go three, three and one against them or drop three or four? What's more likely? Well, before we get into that, let's kick it to Tito for a quick little ad read. All right, guys. Do you enjoy listening to Tailgates and Heartbreaks? You need to check out Section 513. Section 513 is Cincinnati's best sports blog, featuring writing from all your favorite Tailgates and Heartbreaks personalities and – New addition, Jack Bergeser. Welcome to the crew. You can get our take on anything Cincinnati sports and beyond on section513.com. That's section513.com. Follow us on Twitter at section513. And if you don't already follow Tailgates and Heartbreaks, follow us at TGHB Podcast. All right. Thank you, Tito. And welcome, Jack, to the squad. Yeah, Jack's already has a couple articles up. He just posted one today about the movies and um, had an NBA one. If you're an NBA guy, talking about injuries and uh, kind of where that's at. So very good, very good stuff from Jack. We'll get him on. We'll get him on one of these pods in the next couple next couple episodes. For sure. Get a little get to know the guy. All right. Yeah. Um. So to go off of Donnie's question, he posed before we went to the ad. Um, what's more realistic, three and one or one and three in San Diego? Yes. Um, let's let producer Tito go first. Yeah, Tito, go ahead. I'm I'm optimistic purely because the Padres pitching before this slide started was still not great. So like like all their starters have come, kind of been on a four or five game stretch of just not great pitching. So I'm going to go ahead and say that that probably, even if the bats come back, that's probably going to continue. So I'll say that three and one is more likely than one and three, I think. Okay. Interesting. Yeast? I'm going to agree with Tito. Um, Sure. I think when you look at how, when you, I think if you look at just from a, a, a team perspective, you know, one team's playing really good baseball, one team's not playing good baseball. And, you know, I think I think tonight's really interesting because you have you have a guy in Wade Miley that I think might be the perfect pitcher to be throwing in this scenario of this, you know, reopening, you know, day for San Diego. He's going to be able to well, control that's the Friday. tempo. That's Friday. No, I think it's tonight. I think you're a liar. I okay, know. well, uh, well <laughs> regardless. Way, regardless, I think. It's I definitely think, tonight. Yeah, geez, you idiot. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think Wade Miley is going to be able to control the tempo, and I think you're going to get some of these guys in the Padres lineup that might be, you know, they might feed off that, you know, energy for sure, but they might try and play hero a little bit. And I think Wade will be able to dictate how how tonight goes. And, you know, I think you have a savvy veteran on the mound. I think that's that's huge. And I think, like I've, I said it before, I said, just set the tone and set the tone for the series. And you get a, you get a guy on the other side of the bump in, in Musgrove that, you know, Guys have seen him before, and I think, you know, I think three and one is is very realistic, and I think it's more realistic than one and three. I don't see the Reds just all of a sudden, you know, because one and three would mean that they played probably really bad baseball, and they just haven't lately. So, right. I mean, yeah, I, I, think, I think one and three is really realistic, and I think one and three is going to – or. Sorry, I think three and one is really realistic, and I think it's probably what's going to happen. I think it's it's three and one or two and two. Yeah, you would hope so. I mean, so Miley, like we said, he has been dominant. I don't know. Maybe I I want to chalk up that the only bad performance he's had this year was that Colorado one, and it was the game after his no hitter where he threw like 110. Um, so we'll just say that was the cause of that. And it's not like him not being as good on the road, but I do think if you would that had this opening day shit and a big crowd, he is the guy out of all the pitchers pitching against them that I would want to have, uh, to kind of set the tone. So if we can have a good start from Miley today, Miley today, and like I said, the bats can, can kind of wake up a little bit. Um, not like the last 18 or 19 innings we played against Milwaukee. Um, we have to take advantage of San Diego's pitching not being very good. Mm-hmm. And I think if we can score runs, I like three and one a lot. But I know you just know San Diego's going to score a bunch of runs, uh, regardless of who's on the mound. I think this game. The next two games after, the Friday and Saturday ones with the rookies on the mound, it's going to be very interesting. We already saw Vladimir Gutierrez doesn't seem to be phased. I'm not necessarily worried about him, but, you know, Tony Santion, uh, yeah, you got the, a Rockies, a really bad Rockies team. Uh, your first game, he did good enough to win. What are you going to do against a team like the Padres that has all-stars up and down the lineup? Um, or at least four. You have Grisham, Tatis, Cronenworth, and Hosmer um, all batting above 250. Uh, Grisham, actually, no one talks about him. He's a beast, dude. He's batting 289. I think he lead, he's their leadoff hitter, I'm pretty sure. Um, he's a stud. So it'll just be interesting to see. Uh, how would you? I'll, I'll go 3-1 as well is more likely. Um, I'm just... You know, I get so excited. You want to temper your expectations a little bit. That's why I'm playing devil's advocate. Um, but, yeah, no, I'll go three and one as well. All right. So before we uh, before we wrap it up here. Um, so tonight is obviously a big night for the Reds They're out in San Diego. We talked about that ad nauseum in this episode. But uh, starting. For the Louisville Bats tonight is Hunter Green. Uh, the Bats play at 8:05, 8:10, I think, uh, against the Storm Chasers. I don't know Ooh. what they're who they're AAA affiliated with. Um, Oklahoma affiliated with. That's well, just a guess. I mean, you would think it would be like some stupid Oklahoma City, Kansas City. They're probably affiliated with Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But so that is going to be a very interesting as we will probably see a lot of updates from Louisville. Um, so if you don't already, I'd go and follow almost every Reds account possible because I'm sure someone will have something, you know. Every, oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. it's going to be interesting while that's going on. So going to have to bounce between both. So let's see how Hunter Green does in his debut and sets the tone and. 
who knows? He might be coming up sooner than we think. So I've got I got two over unders for you guys. One of them's this weekend, and one of them's for the season. All right. All right. Over under home runs by the Reds this weekend three. Over. We haven't hit. We didn't hit any in the last two games, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We need um, that. We hit three, three in the first game against Milwaukee. You're no two. Aquino and Bado, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take the over. Yes, I think. That's I think true. you you get a four game series, so you get that extra, you know, game. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over. Yeah, if it was three games, I'd be nervous about three. But with four, I think that's a safe, safe yeah. bet. All right, next one. I was talking about this in my blog. Vladimir Gutierrez, over under 13 wins on the season. He should have 20 more starts, including this series, for the rest of the year. He's got four wins right now, over under 13. Does he have four wins or three? Three wins, sorry, three wins. Four starts, three wins. My bad. 13 under. Just because I don't want to, like... To expect, thir- and I think you said even said this in your blog, Tudor, right? Like, we got to temper expectation. Uh, he's been very good, but for a rookie, um, and you hope he proves you wrong, but for a rookie to uh, show, like, just complete domination like he has, it's pretty unrealistic. So I'll go under. See, this one's kind of tricky because I think if, he, let's say he's at, I don't know. Like, let's say he sits at like I don't know, like seven three or something like that. But then for some reason he gets moved to the bullpen. Maybe you can pick up wins in the bullpen if like you're that if you're just the luck of the draw. Like you're that guy. So it's kind of. But I don't think I think the chances of him moving to the bullpen right now are very very unlikely. Yeah, I think trade. I mean, I think it's Sanchon right now when Greg gets back. That's easy. But, yeah, you know, no, but, like, you never know. Like, I mean, You never know. Yes, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, the bullpen, that is a, a nice way to pick up some wins. But I, I'm, I'm going to take the under because I think, like Tito has said, and I think I think everybody kind of feels this way, I, he's, been a, he's been a pleasant surprise. But I think if you look at the advanced numbers, he might not regress, but, you know, he, he might get roughed up in a start here or there. And I think maybe you'll temper your expectations just because of the results you get. But... Now, I yeah, think, like, I, what about ERA? So let's go to, like, like you just said, he'll get roughed up a couple starts. ERA under, what is it at now? Like I would like, say that a good number for him, if I was going to set a line, I would put it at, like, 3.4. Okay, and I would go the over on that. But, you know, like I said, I, I don't want to be shitting on my boy, Vlad. But yeah, uh, I, actually, I, would, like, I would think anything below four for him as a rookie coming in and – yeah. I, I'd be completely content with that. I'm actually, I know that, like, I, I know I laid the case out that he, and he will, like, he's he's not going to pitch the whole season like this. But I actually think 13 wins is a good target for him. And I think that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes with, like, a sub 3-5. How, uh, dude, that, I mean, sign me up for that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. That I mean, it's huge for the Reds. With that the wins huge. you're betting on, with the wins you're betting on, I, I think the the way that he's shown that he can deal with base runners, I think that you're not so much betting on him to throw shutout games as him. How many times is he going to get to the sixth inning with three runs on the board? Uh, like for the other team, I mean, giving up only three runs or less. And I like the way that he's pitched against teams in our division and. Uh, and shown that he can manage when he does put guys on base. I think that that's like a realistic target. The ERA sub three five is probably a little bit of wishful thinking. Is right. what I said on the last episode. His fifths at a four. So you know they're saying that that's that's what his target ERA is right now. But I don't know. I mean, I think it's possible. I I don't think our division's that good. If he's able to score. Uh, uh, some more starts against the Brewers, Pirates, and, and the Cardinals. I don't know. I like it. 
I do too. Well, even got the Cubs pitched really well. Even the got Cubs a factor in the bullpen. Well, right. Yeah, every starter. You got yeah, lose but games. like I know. I just yeah, it's I don't know. That's interesting. We'll see, dude. How good would you feel? Let's say if Vlad finishes the season, maybe not as strong, but still strong regardless. About the future of the Reds rotation um, after next year. You got pretty him, Santion, you feel pretty damn good. You got Green and Lodolo coming up, and then you got Mally and Luis. You got a crowded rotation, not not even including if the Reds go out and get someone else. It's like you feel really good about this Reds rotation right now yeah. for the future. Really good. Yeah. So, all right. It's going to be interesting. Let's see how they do in uh, San Diego and until we talk again next week. And, um, Let's see how Hunter Green does tonight. So that's going to wrap it up for episode number 42 of Tailgates and Heartbreaks, presented by Section 513. Thank you guys for listening. Welcome to the crew, Jack. Uh, We will talk to you guys later on next week, and we'll get Jack on next week sometime, potentially. So you guys have a great weekend. Stay safe. Go Reds. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my bones.